0: It's good to see everybody today. Glad you decided to be with us this morning and joining us online. And I did think uh, uh, it's good to see everybody. I wasn't sure who comes when it's a little chilly out, but you decided to make the, uh, make the trip. Hey, uh, we started last week on our series Fear Not, and we asked all of you to make, take a moment in the service and fill Uh, these cards that we had given out last week and asked you to bring them to the altar. And both services last week, hundreds of you came and in my office right now uh, are massive stacks of these. I literally just grabbed these and uh, wanted to take a moment and just show you, nobody's names are on these, I just wanna show you, kinda give you the idea of what some people right now are dealing with in their day to day life. Here's just one I read, it says, I'm afraid that my mom won't find Jesus, and that she won't quit her addiction. One says, I'm afraid of moving on. I'm afraid of failing and not being good enough. I'm afraid of uh, being rejected again. I'm afraid of of being unhappy. I'm afraid of being a disappointment. I fear, um, I'm afraid of the unknown. I'm afraid of my financial situation not working out. I'm afraid of being alone. I'm afraid of being a terrible husband. I'm afraid of being a failure. I'm afraid of being a failure. I'm afraid that I'm going to let my family down. I'm afraid I'm not gonna be successful. I'm afraid that I'm not gonna be good enough. I'm afraid of financial struggles. I'm afraid of my marriage ending. I'm afraid of being alone, and I'm afraid of failure. Failing as a mother and a daughter. I'm afraid of change and moving on. I'm afraid of past failures. I'm afraid of failing at being the mother my son deserves. I'm afraid of failing in my walk with God. And then it says I'm afraid of being a failure. I'm afraid of of infertility, afraid of failure as a spouse, abuse. I'm afraid of financial stability. I'm fearful of failure, financial issues, losing my kids, losing me, that something may happen to my baby brother, health problems. I don't know if you're, you're listening close, but so many of these have one common thread. Here's another one, financial failure, failure as a father. I'm afraid to fail. I'm afraid to let down the ones I love. I've done things in my past that I'm not proud of. Uh, through the whole process, I kind of second-guess God, and I hate that. I'm afraid to fail as a parent. I'm afraid I'm not good enough. Here's one I thought was fascinating. It just says me. And it says underneath, self-destruct. I'm afraid of, my, of myself. I'm afraid my children not knowing God for themselves. I'm fearful of my finances in the future. I'm fearful of my future. I'm almost a senior and I don't know what to do after I graduate high school. It's so much pressure and oftentimes I get overwhelmed. I'm afraid of my marriage failing, I'm afraid of my husband's addiction returning, I'm afraid of finances failing, I'm afraid, I'm afraid of, of, of my anxiety taking over, I'm afraid of losing connection with my children and getting older, and this is, this is one I found interesting. I don't think the camera can pick it up, but in the middle, someone just wrote failure, and they put arrows out to each category where they feel they're afraid to fail in life, and motherhood, in relationship with God, family, a job. I don't know if you were picking it up, but that's just a handful I took off the top. I read every single card, by the way, all day yesterday, it took me forever. One of them said, it was obviously a child wrote it, said, I'm afraid of bugs. I was like, yeah, since I moved to Mississippi, me too. But I don't know if you're picking it up, one of the main threads that we see in this is the fear of failure. Over and over in the cards I would see there was a fear of failure in the past, a fear of navigating failure currently, and fear of failure in the future. And so as I begin to think about this the last few days, I begin to wonder more and more about Failure and individuals in the Bible that we could talk about today that I believe could help us. And one specific person uh, comes to mind that I'm sure many of you have been acquainted with his story. It's a little complicated. Many of you have heard his name. His name is is Peter. So let me give you a little backstory. Peter, one day, is out fishing. He's a professional businessman. He's He's well off to our understanding. He's probably older, maybe 21, 22 in comparison to the other disciples and one day Jesus comes over and needs to teach <clears throat> and he has an interaction with Peter and tells Peter to cast his net to the other side for more fish and if you've read the story, Peter's like listen, we've fished all night long, we haven't caught anything and Jesus said if you just go out a little further, cast again, and Peter said, you know what, nevertheless, at your word, we're gonna do it again. And so at the end of the story, we find that Peter then and his team pull up so much fish that their nets are about to break. They had to call other boats in, and it was an amazing situation. He gets off the boat, he runs over to Jesus, and says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. Like, I'm not good enough to be in your presence. Like, I'm not really that great of an individual. Peter has some self-awareness, and he's like, I'm not the one. And Jesus looked at him and said, follow me, follow me. And the Bible says in Luke 5, 11, it says, they left everything, everything, and followed him. That's an amazing passage right there that if I had time to preach, that's something to preach right there, that how many of us need to leave some things to truly follow him? But that day, Peter left everything, the net that he had been working with all those years. He left in a moment to follow Jesus. And for three and a half years of following Jesus, Peter has a front row seat to the amazing ministry of Jesus Christ. Peter sees many miracles. Peter was there when Jesus turned the water into wine. A G, Peter was there when, when the lepers were healed. Peter saw with his own eyes and heard with his own ears demons leaving people and screaming out, thou art the son of God. Peter saw that, Pe- Peter heard that. Peter was there when Jesus fed 5,000 men, not including women and children, somewhere between 21,000 people. Peter was there. Peter in his own house, saw his mother-in-law healed by Jesus. Peter hears the teachings of Jesus Christ personally in crowds and he also receives instruction from Jesus privately when he is alone. Peter is, turns out to be one of the three closest disciples to Jesus, Peter, James, and John. He had privileged access to Jesus in some of the most private, vulnerable moments in the life of Jesus Christ. Peter's name is mentioned more in the Gospels than any other name except Jesus. No other disciple speaks as often as Peter, and no one is spoken to by the Lord or by the Lord than Peter. Over and over, we see the life of Peter pretty fascinating. We look in the story, Matthew 19, he refers again that we've given up everything to follow you. Now he's echoing what he did in Luke. He said, I'll leave everything to follow you, and then later on says to Jesus, we've given up everything to follow you. When you begin to look at the progression of his life, you find one more passage fascinating. It's the night of the the, the Last Supper there at the table and the bible lets us know that that peter and the disciples are together with jesus and jesus begins to inform them that he's going to go away they're trying to process all this information and you find in john chapter 13 simon peter said to him lord where are you going jesus answered him where i am going you cannot follow me now but you will follow afterward and peter said to him lord Why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Lay down my life for you. So at first glance, Peter is impressive. At first glance, Peter is inspiring. When we look through the pages, we can't help but be moved by his commitment and his passion and his excitement and who he is and what he represents. He's actually known to be the leader of the disciples. They're kind of following his lead. He, he's got a lot of influence. But interesting enough about Peter, when you look through the pages of scripture, we find documented, according to one writer, 13 different mistakes that Peter makes 13 different mess ups that Peter makes sometimes they were individually sometimes they were in the group but over time we find that Peter makes some mistakes if you're taking notes write this down number one failure is inevitable I say that not to bring you down I don't say that to bring your faith to a low place. I I don't say that to to kinda put a dull moment in the room. I'm just wanting you to put in perspective that nobody is perfect. Talk back to me this morning. In fact, the Bible says in 1 John that if we say we have no sin, you're only deceiving yourself. James chapter three says that we all stumble. Many people in this room According to just the cards, this isn't even all of the cards, this just picked them up. Many people in this room today feel like, I'm sure like Peter. They feel like they're failing as a mother, failing as a spouse, failing as a father, failing as a provider, failing in investments and business, Maybe they've made some poor choices and so they feel like they're failing in some of the choices they've made. Maybe they feel like they're failing in the attitudes they carry at home or at work. Some people feel like they're failing because of the past secrets they hold that nobody knows about. That if people were to find out the things that you struggle with, then it's just feel like a failure sometimes. I say this with as much love as I can. For some of you, you feel like you're failing. For some of you, in all love I can say it, some of you know you are failing. Some of you know that you've been abusive. Some of you know that you have made some bad decisions. Some of you know that that you have relapsed, but nobody knows. Some, Some of you really know that you've been too rough with the kid. Some of you really know that that you have been disobedient in God's word and so it's one thing to feel like a failure, it's another thing to know you're failing. Has anybody ever been there? Where you're like I know I can do better but my human nature, my impulses, my decision making, my influences, my friends, I just keep doing things that are just validating the feeling that I'm failing. If I were to look at the grade card of my life, I am failing. I'm not doing well. What I find fascinating about Peter is that I'm very, very glad, very glad that Peter was one of the disciples that Jesus picked because Peter reminds us that our lives as followers of Jesus can be complicated, can be conflicting. Come on, talk back to me. Can be confusing. Like, if I were Jesus, we'll be honest today, I didn't know if I was gonna say this because I don't ever wanna think I'm smarter than Jesus. I'm not even close, obviously, but, but if I were Jesus, I wouldn't have picked Peter. If, if, if Peter sent in his resume to work at Vibrant Church, I would be a little nervous because Peter has some stuff. Can you imagine? I mean, the stuff that Peter struggles with, I'll tell you, we find here that Peter often overspoke Peter argues with other disciples about who's the greatest. Peter corrects Jesus, and Jesus calls him a devil. Peter cussed in the Bible. Some of you are like, yes. Listen. (laughs) Peter cuts a guy's ear off. Listen, if I hired Peter, and somebody called me, he's like, hey, Pastor Tyson's down here at the Baptist Memorial Hospital whooping people in the parking lot. Pastor Tyson probably isn't gonna be working here (laughs) anymore, but but Jesus takes Peter, who he knows will overspeak, who he knows has a pride issue, who he knows wants to be the center of attention, who he knows is gonna call him a devil or call him out, and he's gonna have to call him a devil at some point, cut a guy's ear off, But the biggest thing that Peter did, all of those mistakes, they're they're tough, and and we all make mistakes, but there's one that Peter made that many of you may be aware of, many of you may not be. The biggest boo-boo Peter ever makes is the day that he denies Christ. The The story is fascinating. The Bible lets us know that that passage I just read, Jesus and him are talking in the upper room, and he tells, Jesus, I'll die for you, I will die, I will go all the way. And hours later, Jesus has been taken from the garden of Gethsemane, and we find this, Luke chapter 22, verse 54. Then they seized him, being Jesus, and led him away, bringing bringing him into the high priest's house. And Peter was following at a distance. And when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat down among them. Then a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the light, looking closely at him, said, this man also was with him. Verse 57, but he denied it, saying, woman, I do not know him. Verse 58, and a little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. Verse 59. And after an interval of about an hour, still another insisted. Certainly this man also was with him, for he too is a Galilean from the area that Jesus' ministry was, where all the disciples except Judas was from. Verse 60. But Peter said, man, I do not know what you are talking about. And immediately, while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, which Jesus spoke to him in the upper room and said, You'll deny me three times before the rooster crows. The rooster crows, verse 61, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. The same eyes that looked at him on the boat when he was casting nets. He looked into the eyes of Jesus, and Peter remembered the saying of the Lord, how he had said to him before the rooster crows today, you would deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter, what were you thinking? It's so easy for us to judge Peter right here. But if you were honest, before God in the presence of church folk, you have had some moments where you thought, what was I thinking? What made me do that? Why did I get so upset? Why did I slam that door? Why did I say, why did I text that? Where did, why did I go there? And as a result of the decisions we make, looking into the eyes of a man, Perfect. Imagine that moment when Jesus just turned and looked at him. The shame, the condemnation. He's now looking into the face of God right after his greatest mistake. And he went away and wept bitterly. Not only is failure inevitable, but failure can leave a mark. Failure has a way of marking us, breaking us, making us hesitant, making us nervous, making us fearful about the future because of what we've done in the past. It's like the story I've heard before of the, of the psychologists that had gathered some monkeys in a room maybe you've heard this before, but they, they took four monkeys, put them in a room, had a pole in the middle of the room, put some bananas at the top of the pole, and then one monkey would begin to run up to get the bananas and the psychologist there in the room would take a hose and spray that monkey to where the monkey couldn't get to the banana. So the monkey comes down. Over and over and over again, these monkeys kept trying to get to those bananas and every single time that we get sprayed by that hose, that over time, the monkeys stopped trying to get the bananas. Well, they had an idea, the researchers, they, they took out one of the monkeys and put in a fresh monkey. And the fresh monkey comes in, sees the bananas, and begins to climb the pole, to get to the bananas. And before they could spray that one, the other monkeys who had experienced disappointment ran up and grabbed that monkey and pulled him down. Over and over again. They didn't have to spray the new monkey because the old monkeys were determining his level that he could go based on what they've experienced themselves. So over time, they begin to switch out every monkey, watch this, that by the end of the research, every monkey was new and every monkey was pulling each other down to never get the bananas. Never, not one of them were ever sprayed by a hose, but all of them were marked by disappointment. Indirectly. If we're not careful, the same can be said about you the same can be said in your family that says, you know what, we always no. you don't need a man because when there's a man in this family, he messes everything up. So when a girl brings a man home, you start pulling the man down, start pulling her down. No, no, we don't need that in the family. Because you've experienced failure. Because you've experienced disappointment. For some, it's in this region where people could believe that the best days for this, this city and the best days for this region are behind them. And when anybody has a dream or anybody wants to do something big, it's like all the community comes up and starts pulling them down and says, no, 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 but there are some of us that God has put bananas in our hearts. How many of you know a preacher will preach anything? People will say, don't, after you've experienced failure, it's like you don't wanna try again. You don't wanna put yourself out there. I'm not gonna try church because I've been hurt there. I'm not gonna gonna be vulnerable again because I've been talked about. I'm not gonna try marriage again because failure can leave a mark. And I want you to imagine being Peter. Jesus told him, that you are a rock, and I'm gonna build my church on you. You're a cornerstone for the future movement that I'm gonna put in the earth. And He, already, he knew that in his heart, but he failed. It's like he knew I was, suppo- I, I was supposed to be the rock. I was supposed to be the provider. I was supposed to be a good spouse. I was supposed to be a good husband. I I was supposed to to be in ministry. I was supposed to be strong and responsible. I, I was supposed to do good things. But now, I'm at this fire, just warming myself. I'm a long way from the nets where I started. Where God spoke to me and called me and touched my life and stirred my heart. And now, Russ, we find ourselves so far from that innocent feeling, that pure feeling, that excited feeling. Now we're at the fire and we've denied him and we feel like failures. We've said things, we've done things, we've texted things, and now our confidence is broken and we, like Peter, have gone away weeping bitterly. I'm running out of time, I don't have time for everything I want to say today, but I need you to hear me. Failure has a way of leaving a mark. You know, I've never shared this, and no one's ever seen this. But years ago, the first time I ever preached, a Baptist church called me and said, we want you to come preach, this is great. Uh, So it was my first time going to preach. So I was like, here I come. I'm called, I got the fire, I'm going to come in there, I'm going to straighten these Baptists out tonight, I'm just playing, and I was so excited, so I ran to the store, and I bought this kind of this binder, got the paper in it, and I wrote in it the first sermon I was going to preach, it's still in there, it's horrendous. No, 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 get the camera off of it. Get the camera off of it. Holy smokes, you guys, what was that? Were you waiting on that shot? I got up, you don't want me preaching this. Oh yeah, it ain't good boys and girls. Oh, that may work at the end. I may use one point here in a minute. <laughs> Lord, remind me to do that. But I got up in front of this church, and I brought this up, and I was ready to preach. The church was packed, broke record attendance that night because churches came together, and I got up and preached the worst sermon you have ever heard in your life. And I know you're thinking I'm, putting, I'm being funny right now. It was so bad. My wife lived in Alabama at the time. We were dating and I called her. And she goes, well how'd it go? I'm like, that was horrible. I will never preach again. I don't ever wanna do it again. And all these years have gone by, and obviously God has helped me and I'm still learning. And, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I had to hide this to this day. Because when I see this thing, It brings up the strangest emotions because I had so much excitement about speaking. I had so much dreams. I had so many like, I saw it inside of me. I had people prophesying it over me and then when you actually step out in faith and you feel like you failed, I put this thing in a box. I almost made it target practice. Because you can almost in life experience spiritual PTSD. And for some of you, it's not a black binder, it's, it's something else. It's, it's this life living between the nets and the fire. Now, no doubt that night, Peter felt like a failure. He was called by Jesus, he was taught by Jesus, he was touched by Jesus, inspired by Jesus, and he failed. And he not only did he fail, he failed bad. But hear me, thank God, That's not the end of Peter's story. The Bible goes on to say that Jesus resurrects from the dead and some time goes by and he has revealed himself to his disciples. John chapter 21 records this story. Just as the day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? And they answered him, no. And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the bow, and you will find some very, very similar to how Peter was called into the ministry. So they cast it, and now they were able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, therefore said to Peter, betraying Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was Jesus, the man he betrayed, The man he hurt and failed. He put on his outer garment for he was stripped for work and he threw himself into the sea and the other disciples came in the boat dragging the net full of fish for they were not far from the land about 150 yards off and hear this. When they got out on the land they saw a charcoal fire in place. Peter had denied Jesus out of fire. In the next few moments, Jesus and Peter are gonna have a very strong interaction where Jesus is gonna ask him, do you love me? Do you love me? Three times, do you love me? But I find it interesting. Only two times does the Bible let us know that Peter was out of fire. The place where he failed the first time, and the second time, where he came home to Jesus. God brought him back to the place that stung. He brought me back to the place that I didn't like. The smell of smoke, the the crackling fire. like, Like I remember that night, the last time We were right by a fire, me and Jesus. You were looking in my eyes right after I denied you. And at that fire, Jesus says to him, do you love me? I need you to hear me today. For some of you, this fire feels like this to you. Like every time you see the hole in the wall, you knew you have an anger problem. Every time you see the broken plates, every time you see every weekend when you gotta drop the kids off with the spouse or the ex-spouse, and you know I have failed and I have messed up. Every week when you gotta drop your kids off and every week when you gotta go to AA and every week you know, you know, you're reminded over and over of where you failed because I am confident. Not planned, point number three. You cannot conquer What you do not confront, that you and I have to go back to the place and say, God, I'm not perfect. I don't have my life together. Here's the real me. I can run and weep, or I can come to you and say, here I am. I don't need any. It's not about anybody else right now. It's me, oh, Lord, standing in the need of prayer. God can bring you to the place. Do you love me and do you love me? And Jesus says, go feed my sheep. Jesus is done hanging it over his head. And Jesus gets Peter back on track with his purpose. But this time, Peter's different. Jesus needed Peter to know that this time it's not about you getting a seat at the table, Peter. Peter. This time, it's not about you getting to be, to getting the, the limelight. It's not about you getting what you want. It's not about you flexing and cutting off ears. It's about you. You love me. Let's get back to the priority. Do you remember the day, Peter, when you threw out the net? Do you love me like you used to love me, like the book of Revelation says? Return to your first love. I'm trying to help you today because so many of you have walked away from nets and you're living at fires and you feel like a failure and you feel like you're no good and you feel like nobody loves you and you feel like your life's not worth living. I'll come to tell you today that the same God who you broke, that you may have failed and you may have messed up, that saw your failures, still loves you. Still loves you. Because failure doesn't have to be final. You know what's amazing about Peter? Despite his failures, despite his mistakes, despite all that, when Jesus ascends to heaven, you know the story. The day of Pentecost comes, the Holy Spirit comes down, and out of all the apostles, the Bible says Peter stood up among them is broken, messed up, made mistakes. I could have done better. I could have I could have decided. But he stood up. And he began to preach. They're not drunk as you suppose. He began to preach about the power of the presence of God. Begin to preach about the Holy Spirit. Begin to preach about the new dispensation of the church and what God is going to do in the days ahead. Peter, this guy the guy I wouldn't hire. The guy you wouldn't want your daughter to marry. The guy you wouldn't want your, your, friend, your son to hang out with. That's the guy God uses. At the end of Peter's life, he denied Christ so severely and it's documented. But you know what's not documented in the Bible? He was martyred for Christ later. That his wife was murdered and he had to watch. And he yelled to his wife, remember the Lord, remember the Lord, remember the Lord. This is coming out of a mouth, the mouth of a man who betrayed him. And he's looking at his wife and their last moments together and he's like, don't deny him, stick with him. It's almost like he knew the bitter cup of failure He knew that bitter cup of when you say something or do something that you can walk away weeping and hate yourself and want to run away from God and run away from the church and run away from your small group and avoid accountability and not answer texts and stay away. But he looked at his wife and said, listen, listen, baby. Don't. Don't deny him. Remember. Remember the Lord. You know what I find fascinating about Peter... This hours before Peter's greatest failure, Luke twenty-two thirty-one, 31, it says, Simon, Simon, Jesus said this. Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, Jesus was letting him know, you're gonna have some tough days ahead, but when you make the turn, and when you turn back, strengthen the brothers, in other words, God could do more on the other side of failure than you could ever dream. God uses Peter to be the cornerstone of the church. Yeah, he's messed up. Yeah, he's failed. Yeah, he's inconsistent. Yeah, he's smart Alec. Yes, yes, yes. But just because we fail doesn't mean we're disqualified. When a person can come to Jesus and say, listen, this is where I messed up. God can use people when they truly come to a place of repentance and brokenness and not defending their actions and not. What I find interesting about this story is you know Jesus knew all this. Like on this day, day number one, Peter's first day on staff, like he knew all this. So when he told Peter, cast the net, oh, this was tied. No one told me. When he tells Peter, cast the net, Peter didn't know what was all in store. Peter didn't know he was going to see people healed. He didn't know people were going to be raised from the dead. He didn't know all the miracles he was going to see. But can I tell you, you you know what Jesus knew? He knew peter was gonna say some stuff he knew peter was gonna have to be corrected he knew peter had an attitude he knew peter liked to be noticed he knew peter thought he was something he knew peter pretty well he knew peter was going to deny him and he still chose him can i tell you today the day god gave you the invitation to follow him and you decided to follow him there is nothing about your humanity that surprises him. The day you came to the altar, the day you first tithe, the day you raised your kids in church, the day you married your wife, he knew all of it on the front end. And the Bible says that while we were sinners, while we were this, while we didn't know, We didn't know we were coming to the fire to deny Christ. We didn't know we were going to say that. We didn't know on the front end, but he knew. That while you and I were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. In other words, let me say it in the international ERPB version. God knew everything about you, good and bad, and still chose to die for you. Failure doesn't have to be final. You don't have to fear it. The enemy can cripple us because we're afraid we're gonna be this. Can I tell you today, nobody's perfect. Nobody's got this together. Nobody. We're just followers of Jesus coming together to worship a perfect God. And there are some of you, listen to me, I'm closing right now. There are some of you that your confidence is broken. Shame is so heavy. Condemnation's on your heart. And you don't know where to go you don't know where to turn you don't know what to believe you've sat in this room and you're watching online it's almost like you feel like peter you're weeping bitterly the tears may not be on the outside but the tears may be on the inside can i tell you jesus never gave up on peter jesus came out of the tomb and he told them remember he said go get the disciples and peter In other words, make sure he's with them. I'm not disregarding him. I want him to know he matters. Bring him here. Let him see the tombs empty. Let him see the God that, the the same eyes that he looked into still loves him. And with eyes closed all over the room, if you're in the room today and you are honest, for God and have you ever felt like a failure do you feel like Peter at times and you're standing at the fire and you've messed up and you can't figure it out all over the room with eyes closed no one moving around will you do me a favor and just raise your hand to heaven and say I feel like a failure sometimes thank you for those hands honest hands today Honest hands. I feel like I could be better. I'm not good enough for God. I failed my spouse. I failed me. I failed God. Thank you for hands all over the room. Will you stand with us all over the auditorium, please? For those of you who are haunted by your failures of your past, hear me today shame off you there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus make up in your mind today that that may have been who I used to be that that, but that is not any longer who I am today amen somebody I made mistakes I messed up and for those of you that are holding people to their past you gotta let it go you gotta extend the mercy to them that you wish someone will extend to you. For those of you that are navigating failure presently, God is with you. He can hold you and, and help you and, and lead you and guide you and, and 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 he can be with you in this season. And for those of you that may have irrational fears of the future. That you're afraid that I'm gonna fail and I'm gonna mess up, and what am I gonna do and where do I turn? Can I tell you today, He'll lead you beside still waters. He he's can hold you, He's got you. If you just let Him lead you down the path of righteousness for His name's sake, if you just stay with Him, can I pray with you today with eyes closed? Father, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place. That feels like they're struggling with the failures of their past or struggling navigating divorce or navigating the loss of a child or navigating disappointment navigating pain father i pray in the name of jesus that every individual that is struggling in here today that feels like failure is nipping at their heels and they don't know where to go and they don't know where to turn they wake up on monday with a heaviness feeling like they failed you father i pray that you help them and you lead them and the bible says that you are the lifter up of our head meaning that the enemy wants us to keep looking down but god you want to lift our head and help us look up and if we can look up then we can get up and father i I pray for every person who is navigating pain and disappointment and loss and failure. I pray in the name of Jesus that you help them and strengthen them and today, I pray against the spirit of fear that has people crippled, that are afraid to go out in business and people that are afraid to get married and people who are afraid to have children and people who are afraid to take the extra step or take that step of faith. I pray in the name of Jesus that they will walk by faith and not by sight, that they won't overcalculate things, that it makes them have paralysis where they will not make moves after you. But Father, I pray that our church will not be motivated by fear, but we will be motivated by faith. In Jesus' name, if you believe it today, put your hands together. Give God a big praise with eyes closed one more time one more time one more time and let me remind you when service is closing it ain't over till service is over you got what I just said just make sure we're sitting still and not moving around too much but if you're in the room today and you don't know Jesus or you've drifted away from him, and, and you've just been brokenhearted, and you've done some things, and you've gotten away. Maybe you even feel like you're backslash. You feel like Peter today. Like, I once was a believer, but I got away from him. I wanted you to join me in this moment. With eyes closed all over this room, if you're not sure about yourself, and you're like, listen, I need to get my life right with God, I want you to include yourself in this moment. I want everyone to repeat after me. Say, dear God, dear God. Forgive, me forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean with your blood. Make me new today in Jesus' name. I believe that you died. I believe that you rose again in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Come on, put your hands together. Aren't you thankful for Jesus today? Pastor Tyson's gonna come and lead us in worship in just a moment. But I need you to know a couple of things. Service is only over if you want it to be. At this time, our prayer team is coming. They're gonna join us all across the front. This just gives you the opportunity in our dismissal time that if you're, for those of you that want some prayer, wanna encourage you, please come down, receive prayer. If you're one of the people that said yes to Jesus today, I want you to come down. We got some materials for you, uh, following Jesus' book and some stuff we wanna help you along your journey with God. Now listen, church, I'm so thankful for you. you being so patient today and loving and full of Jesus. Some of you are like, I'm not sure what he's doing next. What are you up to? I just want to remind you, you can give on the way out. we got a ladies conference this week, and I want you to know this week when you get up, when the enemy tries to scare you with where you've been, you remind him where he's going. <laughs> you just remind the devil that there is greater and greater in you than he that is in the world. May the Lord bless you, and the Lord keep you. May the Lord Show his favor and have mercy on you. And may the Lord watch over you and give you his perfect peace. We love you, Vibrant Church. Have a great week. God bless you.